Hey, welcome to the Shotway Show. Yes, it is earlier today. I know it's 5 p.m. and most of you are accustomed to me going live on 7 p.m. on the East Coast. But I have to do five because I have a convention, New York City convention. I have to go to this evening. So I'll be there the entire evening. Don't know when I'll be back. And I wanted to be able to give you guys a show today anyway because some of you yesterday were asking about modern monetary theory. And I was going to cover it last night, but it would have taken me forever to cover it. So I figured I'd do a little bit of it today instead, making it a lot easier for people to uh, kind of get it and um, maybe show you something special. And But something else, for most people, when you deal with some type of macroeconomics or something like that, mod, uh, modern monetary theory, it it seems as though you're missing something. That's a common thought process. Wait a minute, this can't be right, right? It's not how it works or something like that. Um, and that's true here too. It is a theory that seems to not make sense, but make sense, but explain, but not explain. So I definitely understand why people would think that it's a good answer. I, I understand them thinking that modern monetary theory is a good answer, but it isn't. And I'm going to show a little bit about... Um, Two different experts, a woman named uh, Stephanie Kelton and a gentleman named uh, Randall Ray. And both of them have their, their thought process on it. They've both written books on it. Um, she's written a book re more recently. He wrote a book literally called Mo Modern Monetary Theory. He wrote the book on it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and show you why this just can't possibly work or I'm really missing something. And perhaps I am. Perhaps I've totally missed something. But let me, let me go down and show you a little bit of this. I think you'll enjoy it. We'll walk through it real fast. I think you'll understand it. For those of you who know it already, you'll still enjoy it. For those of you who don't know, it will be eye-opening. An unconventional economic theory is gaining some traction thanks to the policy teams of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders. I yes, this is becoming popular because the, the, more, the more socialist side of America wants to spend a lot of money. And you got to find a way to make money. And this completely solves that problem. I think the first thing that we need to do is break the mistaken idea that taxes pay for 100% of government expenditure. My critics say, you know, Bernie, that's a great idea. You're into all this free stuff. Yep. How are you going to pay for it? Yeah. I want to know that. I'm, I'm with your critics. So MMT starts with a simple observation, and that is that mm -hmm. the U.S. dollar is a simple public monopoly. In other words, mm -hmm. the United States currency comes from the United States government. It Correct. can't come from anywhere else. So yep. what that means is that the federal government is nothing like a household. In order. Okay, I want to be clear. Her point is being, to make sure you're clear, is the U.S. dollar can only come from America. So therefore, it is a monopoly. You can't get U.S. dollars anyplace else except from America. So just keep that piece in mind. That's why this is a monopoly, and that's why we're good, because of that. For households or private businesses to be able to spend, they've got to come up with the money, right? And the federal government, it can never run out of money. It cannot never. face a solvency problem. Build I want to make sure you hear what she says. It cannot run out of money. That's what she said. And it cannot face a solvency problem. This is what she's saying. This It cannot happen. It is impossible. Cannot happen. ...coming due that it can't afford to pay. It can pay everything. Um, it never has to worry about finding the money in order yep. to be able to spend. So it's a valid point. Why does a deficit matter? If according to what she's saying, and again, you heard her say it, never. She wasn't, well, maybe could. Nope, she was never. It could always have enough. And I want you to think about this in a, in a, in a similar way. Nike. Yeah, I'm serious. Only Nike can make Nike sneakers, right? And if you're a collector of sneakers, you have to get those from Nike. Nike can never run out of sneakers in theory, right? They can keep making Nike sneakers if they want to. As long as they have the resources to physically make the sneakers, they can keep making sneakers. So as long as a bill comes due in Nike sneakers, right? If they have to pay the bill in Nike sneakers, yeah, just make some more Nike sneakers and pay them. That's an accurate statement. Absolutely. So why would it matter as long as Nike can keep paying in Nike sneakers 
They'll just keep making Nike sneakers and pay all their bills. This is an accurate statement. But there are two important issues. What happens when people don't want Nike sneakers? Or two, when people don't value Nike sneakers anymore? That's the issue we're not we're not catching. I get what she's saying. She's correct. If you're the guy or gal who makes the dollars and people still want their, their bills paid in dollars, you just make more dollars. That's that's true. Yeah. Like if we the bills were in Nike sneakers, you could pay your bill in 10,000 Nike sneakers. Fine. What happens when people don't want your Nike sneakers anymore or don't value them? There's the more important piece. And that's the part I'm worried about. So the deficit definitely matters. It's just Why? it matters in ways that we're not normally taught to understand. Okay. Normally, I think people tend to hear deficit and think it's something that we should strive to eliminate. That yes. we shouldn't be running budget deficits. Yes. That they're evidence of fiscal irresponsibility. Yes. And the truth is the deficit can be too big. Evidence. How can it be too big? This is the part that maybe I'm missing. If the government can always pay its debts and never runs out of money, why is the deficit matter? So the deficit that's too big would be inflation, but the okay. deficit can also be too small. Too small. It can be too small to support okay. demand in the economy. And evidence of a deficit that is too small is unemployment. Oh, so if it's unemployment, that's because the government's not spending enough. Nothing to do with people buying services or comments or whatever the case may be um so that's it oh there's there is unemployment throw more money at people so i'm not joking if you think of the government deficit as the difference between what the government spends into the economy okay. and what it taxes back out. Ah, then okay. imagine a government that spends $100 into the U.S. economy, okay. but it only taxes 90 of those dollars back out. Okay, so it puts in 100 and taxes 90 out. Okay, got you so far. I'm with you. We label that a government deficit. We record that on the government's books. But okay. what we forget to do is pay attention to the fact that there's now $10 somewhere in the economy that wouldn't have been there otherwise that is put there by the government's deficit. In other words, their deficits become mm -hmm. our surpluses. Okay, two, and, and again, guys, if I'm wrong on this, please help me with this. If that's the case, he's like, well, it's great. See, if if the if the government only taxes ninety dollars, not a hundred, then we have all this money in the economy. So the government shouldn't tax at all. Then we got to, we got a rocking economy. Then let's not tax at all. I, am I did I miss that? If I if I was wrong on that, please help me out. Did I miss that? But it's the second part. You're assuming that our economy is insular. It's just us. If the government whatever spends a hundred dollars and taxes 90 back, who says those $10 are in America? What if they're in China, Japan, UAE, the Cayman Islands? What if they're not here? How does that work? Yeah, this doesn't even make any, in my view, I can't see how this makes sense. It's talking around the issues that, that don't make any sense to me. And so when we talk about red ink and the government mm -hmm. having all of this red ink, we have to remind ourselves that their red ink becomes our black ink. Oh. And their deficits are our surpluses. So why would we ever want to have a balance? Never we'd want to have a balanced budget. Like never. We just, we just want to keep spending. Okay. I, I like that. Let's just keep spending. And the question is then, should you expand fiscal policy? Should you run bigger budget deficits yeah. in order to boost growth? So what is... The objective. What is the I agree. proper policy goal? Let's and spend I all think the money. The, the right policy goal is to maintain a balanced economy. Why? Why would you need a balanced economy? If the if the government can never run out of money ever, that's what you're saying. If the government will always pay its bills, what you're saying. If the government goes into debt, we all win. It's what you're saying. Spend, spend, spend. I, I don't. I don't understand. Why isn't it? Why? Why is anyone fighting? Are you telling me that all of these people in government, all of them, they're all they don't get it. They're like, this is a problem. It, it, you're telling me if Joe Biden thought that he could literally just write everyone a check for twenty thousand dollars and get away with it, he wouldn't do it.
What politician wouldn't? If there was zero, if there was zero problem with me as a governor or president, writing everybody a check, okay, not as governor, as president, writing everybody a check for 20 grand, why the hell wouldn't I? I don't know why I wouldn't. Oh, who cares? Every, Christmas, it's Christmas in springtime. Everyone gets, Where everyone gets money. Employment, you're guarding against an acceleration in inflation risk. And but how are you guarding against inflation risk? Let, let's walk down that road. Economists tend to understand that the kinds of things that you can do to boost longer term growth mm -hmm. are investments in things like education, uh -huh. infrastructure, yeah. R&D. Those are the sorts of things that tend to. Well, let me give you the example of what happens now in my state, New York. We spent money in infrastructure. We spent $5 billion rebuilding a bridge across the Hudson River. And we spent tons of, of money on education. We dropped $28,000 per kid on our education. We spent tons of money on this. Yet people are taking like no tomorrow, packing and leaving my state. It's not bringing anything except deficits to my state. It's not working. And a lot of that money is coming from the federal government. We're taking federal money and our own money, both, and we're spending tons of it. And I don't see anything coming back. We have terrible roads. We have terrible schools. And I'm not saying that. That's you, Anyone can tell you that. There's data on this. We rank at highest, we rank 25th out of 50. Lowest, we rank 37th out of 50. That's not good schools. And our roads don't match. Bridges still collapse. I don't know. I don't see any of this. Accelerate productivity growth so that longer term, real GDP growth can be higher. So there are ways in which the government can make investments today that increase deficits today, that produce higher growth tomorrow and build in the extra capacity to absorb those higher deficits. Why would you want to absorb higher? This is the thing, I, it's like you're saying two things. Deficits don't matter, but let's absorb a deficit. I don't get how that works, but I guess somehow in your mind it does. Or, you know, there's no such, no worry about inflation, but we have to guard against inflation. So this is doublespeak. It's impossible really to put a number. Nobody can. Um, Nobody how much can. debt is too much debt? If you look at Japan. How can you say no one can put a number on that? How, you can't put a roundabout on it? You can't, well, maybe a round? No one can. So just spend until it collapses. Is that what I'm hearing? Just spend it. When it collapses, we know. Didn't work. Japan today, you see a country where the debt to GDP ratio is yep. something like 240. And if you look at that, where that big thing goes up, that big chunk where it starts to go up, that's about 1990. That's when it starts to go up. And from 1990, give or take to, to 2010, in that area, 85, maybe to 2005, there were two lost decades. Total stagnation in Japan. Do your own homework. Total stagnation. I know. I was there for a chunk of it. It was total and utter stagnation. Nothing happened in that. And they've been begging to raise, raise, raise wages for years. It literally, this, what she's about to tell you, is literally what put Japan into 20 years of stagnation. Percent well above orders of magnitude above where the u.s is today or we weren't in stagnation either forecast to be in the future and so the question is how is japan able to sustain a, a debt of that size wouldn't it have an inflation problem wouldn't yeah. it lead to rising interest rates wouldn't this be destructive no. in some way and the see that answer it can't lead and this is the problem people talk about it can't lead to rising interest rates a regular market, that would happen. But they have a central bank just like we do. And the central bank just decides that the rates are going to be low forever. It's not nat natural, uh, wrong word. Uh, it's not normal, right? It's not how things work. When when they're in, Usually what would happen is if you start running out of money, the, the interest rate will go up, right? Regular supply and demand that happens in, in any given market. But when the Fed goes, um, things are crappy. Let's lower interest rates. Why? Because then money will be cheap and people will spend it. That's what happens. They just decide to lower the interest rates. The answer to all of those questions, as Japan has demonstrated now for years, is yes. Is simply no. Yes. What? Japan's is yes. Is close to 240% of GDP, almost a quadrillion. That's a very big number. Yen. That's, well, just spend. Long-term interest rates are very close to zero. Uh, there's no inflation. That's why they don't stagnate, because because like us, 
as we get in trouble, the Fed simply lowers the 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 interest rates to almost zero. I was what 0.9 now or something like whatever our interest rate is insanely low, whatever our interest rate is, right? So you just keep making it lower and lower and lower. And as you keep making it lower, then people will spend because why would you save your money? You can't get anything in a savings account. You won't save, you'll just spend. Problem. And so despite the size of the debt, there are no negative consequences. Except 20 years of stagnation and nobody wants to save. Except that, perfect. The result, and I think Japan teaches us a really important lesson. I'm not following that model. If you think about what happened after World War II, Okay. When the U.S. national debt went in excess of 100%, close to 125% of yep. GDP. If we were talking about it the way we talk about it today, as yeah. burdening future generations, mm -hmm. as posing a grave national security risk, it didn't. we would have to scratch our heads and say, wait a minute, do we think that our grandparents burdened the next generation with all yes. of those bonds that were sold during World War II yes. to win the war, build the strongest middle class? Yes, we had to come off the gold standard because we were broke. Yes. Exactly what you just said is what happened. 1971, Nixon, Nixon says, I can't afford to pay for this Vietnam War crap. We're broke. So he comes off the gold standard and makes a fiat currency. And interest rates shoot up and inflation shoots up. Yeah. Literally what you said did happen. Am, am I missing this, guys? Like, the, the debt came in from World War II by the 60s is when the debt came in. Yeah. The, the kids we talked about, we did give them that. We absolutely did. These were the boomers and Gen Xers. I'm the one who got it. Yeah. 1971, we come off the gold standard. Inflation jumps off the roof. My parents got to buy a house at 13, 14% interest rate. Yeah. It's produced the, the longest period of peacetime prosperity. Okay. We got peacetime prosperity after World War II because we were basically a monopoly in the world. We had bombed every other country that could come against us. And the Germans bombed those who we didn't bomb. So basically everyone got bombed to a point where they actually couldn't even compete with us. So it's easy to be top dog when there's no competition. That's not the reason why. The golden age of capitalism, all of that followed in the wake of fighting World War II, increasing deficits, massively increasing the size of the national debt. And of course, the next generation inherits those bonds. They don't become burdens to the next generation. But then why did then why is the 60s so bad? And and why did we have to come off the gold standard? And why was inflation terrible in the 70s? I, I, okay, maybe you know something I don't know. They become their assets. The assets. only potential risk with the national debt increasing over time is inflation. And to the extent that you Whoa. don't believe the U.S. has a long-term inflation problem, mm -hmm. you shouldn't believe that the U.S. is facing a long-term debt problem. Why wouldn't I think the U.S. has a long-term inflation problem? 1930s, a loaf of bread's about 10 cents. I mean, a pound of bread's about 10 cents. Now, a pound of bread, three bucks. That's kind of inflation, isn't it? And most of that inflation hit in the 70s and 80s and 90s. So most of that began in, in, in the 2000s too. When did that biggest hit? After we got off the, the, the gold standard. Once the fiat currency became just 100% fiat currency and we just started printing the money machine. As soon as the money machine go whirr, brr, as soon as that happened, all of a sudden we got inflation. There's no tomorrow. I, I, and okay, the average salary in the 30s, about 2,000 bucks a month, give or take, 2,000 bucks a month. The average salary now, or uh, I should say yearly income about 40 grand. So multiply by 20. That's not inflation. Bread increased by, by 30. Salary only increased by 20. So now you get to, you get to buy less bread than you could in 1930. And you got to have $40,000 for $2,000. That sounds like inflation to me. That sounds like a long-term problem with inflation. A am I missing something? I mean, I remember my mom in the 70s, she made $8,000 a year. And that was a decent salary then. Now, that's a kid makes that, right? Eight thousand bucks a year. Now, now a teenager makes that, and that's what my mother made as a working adult in Manhattan. She made eight thousand bucks in the seventies. I think we have an inflation problem. Maybe it's me, but I see it.
we can fight it with taxes. So That'll work. So the best defense against inflation Tell is me. a good offense. And okay. what MMT does is to try to be, I think, kind of hypersensitive to the risks of inflation. I don't see yeah. any other macro school of thought pay as careful attention as we do to the inflation risk question. And so what we would say is, look, if you are Congress and yeah. if you are considering a new spending bill, okay. instead of thinking about the ways in which that new spending will add to the deficit or yeah. add to the debt. So don't think about how it will add to the deficit of the debt. That's that's what dumb people do. Okay, I got you. So when I say I want to spend $1.9 trillion, don't say, how's it going to affect deficit of debt? Don't do that. That's what the chumps do. Okay, what are the savvy, cool people like you do? You should be thinking about the ways in which that new spending has the risk of accelerating inflation oh. and then avoid doing that. So instead Got of it. going to the Congressional Budget Office and saying, we'd like to know what this bill will do to the debt and the deficit over time. Instead, go to the Congressional Budget Office or yeah. other government agencies and say, they know best. we're considering passing this trillion dollar investment in infrastructure. This is right. our bill. Would you look at it? And we plan to do this spending over the course of the next five years. Uh -huh. Tell us if that would create problems in the real economy. If so you're telling me you go to Congressional Budget Office, which are number crunchers, and say, hey, you government people who've never been in business and don't understand business at all, here's a bill. Tell us how this is going to affect business to see if it's going to affect inflation or not. That's what we should do? That's, that's, your, that's what the savvy people do. Hey, people who know nothing about this, tell me about how this will work. Not sure that's the best way of doing things. I wouldn't do that, but I, I guess you would. <sighs> wow, that's it, so bad. Evaluate the inflation risk and come back to us and give us some feedback. Give us that's feedback. That's the kind of uh, yeah. responsible budgeting that yeah. I think. Because that's what Congress people do. They worry about responsible budgeting. That that's I what they like do. I would like to see Congress begin to move towards. Mm-hmm. So the question about what to do if inflation becomes a problem but is a different one. And I okay. think the first thing you have to do is say, what is driving the inflation? Because okay. to think that the inflation that is going to become important at some future date. Oh, there's a, there's a type of inflation that's important at a future date. Okay, tell me about this one. Is likely to be the result of uh -huh. too much aggregate spending is really hard to believe. I mean, the U.S. economy hasn't experienced what we might call demand pull inflation. Oh, the dreaded demand pull inflation. I hate that kind of inflation. What kind do we have? For almost a century, the types of inflation yeah. that have been important in the U.S. have almost always come on the cost side, what we the call cost, cost push inflation. Cost push inflation. That's the good inflation? I don't think either of them are good. I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is my mom used to make 8,000 bucks a year and it was good. Now she couldn't survive any place in the country that way. I know that, you know, money's, the value of bread has, has gone up higher than my salary. That I know. I can buy less bread now with my salary than I could have in 1930. That, that I know. That's, I guess, that cost push inflation. I actually don't like that one. I, I, I hate that kind of inflation. I actually hate any kind of inflation. They come about because of things like oil price shocks. You oh. might see increases in headlines. Random oil price shocks that happen randomly. Yeah, I hate when it happens. Last week, walking down the street, saw like three oil price shocks. It makes me so angry. And inflation rates because the housing component or health care. Health care. So huh. Health care. Housing. Stuff government tends to run. Surprising how that's the stuff that prices are raised. Huh. That's an odd one. I'm shocked at that one. When you think about how to fight inflation, yeah. you've got inflation resulting from energy price increases. It's probably not going to do much to have the Fed raise interest rates yeah, or even it's not. to have Congress. So they'll just lower them. You're right. That's why they just lower them. They simply lower them and the money just keeps flowing, but we can't do it anymore. That's why Japan's in trouble too. You can't lower the rate anymore. You get stuck. Taxes. You've got to do something else that's going to work. So I reject the idea that MMT is about using taxes to fight inflation. That's a mischaracterization of pretty much everything we've written, but people say it all the time. C kind of because they're right, but that's fine. 
<laughs> it's fine. I know they say it all the time. I agree. Um, that was just one thing. I just thought it was interesting to watch that. And that was recent, you know, maybe a year ago or so, CNBC mainstream. She is one of the experts. So let me let me grab a, a couple of comments. And then I want to show you another one that, that talks about it. I don't want to just make it only her. There are others who talk about this too. So Majestic says answer, no. Thank you, Majestic. I kind of knew the answer to my question, but I, I appreciate you joining me. I do. Absolutely. Yes. So um, let's see if I can keep going here. Rich says, I clean up water damage for a living. The overflowing sink excites me, but the out-of-control inflation scares me. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Ryan says, every dollar they print is owed interest, therefore is always debt. Ryan, this is what I see, right? And I'm with you. It's what I see. The, the, the MMT people think that, no, because we kind of owe ourselves is the idea. And I'll cover someone who talks about that too. But the point is, at one point, people don't want our dollars anymore. So what we're doing is we're saying that we're going to have to be bullies. We are going this kind of, if we follow MMT, we are literally going to have to say, take our dollars or we bomb you. Take our dollars or we embargo you. Take our dollars or we will not protect you with our nuclear umbrella, which is what like the Germans and the Japanese, we're not threatening to bomb them. We're threatening to not support them with a nuclear umbrella, which means someone else can nuke them and they don't get nuked back in return. MAD doesn't work, mutual assured destruction, which means they'll have to spend all the money in building up their own nuclear arsenals, which will take billions upon billions upon billions of dollars and their, their population will fight them. And what a disaster that is, they'd much rather have our nuclear you know, umbrella over them instead. So we'll be bullying people is what we'll do. This is the part that drives me crazy. I, I yes, I get it, so. All right. See if I can do this. Um, Ryan then goes, many foreign governments looking to get their fiscal gold. This will cause a big war. I, I hope not. I don't think so. This will ca cause a, a problem, but I don't think a big war. Nike steals their old Nikes back or bombs the people that are trying to wear the shoes. Thank you, Rich. You read my mind. Yes. That's yeah. Thank Exactly. You bomb the people who don't take your shoes. That'll be us, right? Our fiat dollar is no different than people who want to trade in Nike in Nike shoes. The, the analogy is is a is a solid analogy. As long as you can keep physically printing dollars, you can keep paying every bill in dollars. As long as you can keep physically making Nike shoes, you can keep paying your bills in Nike shoes. But what happens when someone says, I don't want your Nike shoes, or I don't see value in your Nike shoes, then you got to kind of bomb them. You do until they until they take your Nike shoes. So yeah, I think that's kind of right. So um, Paul King says, she's wrong. The U.S. government is not the only source of U.S. dollars. One of the chief responsibilities set out in the Federal Reserve's charter is the management of the total outstanding supply of U.S. dollars and dollar substitutes. Yes, correct. But I get her point. I think I, I don't think she means that literally, I think, but I'm not sure. I'm actually surprised how many people don't know what you just said, Paul. So, but I, I, I think she meant that figuratively. That's, that's what I believe. Yes. Economists, the government can't, can only spend. They have no means of creating income. Government hold my beer. That's good. I like that. Um, uh, Matt says, yes, more stimulus checks. Daddy wants a Lambo. I'm in. I'm in. I mean, if if this is true, the, the point that I'll constantly bring up, and when people talk about this, look, we can't really, you know, we can always pay our debt. There's nothing is too much debt. Well, here's my response to that, Matt. If that's true, why does anyone go bankrupt? It's a serious question. Why does anyone go bankrupt? Well, Larry, it, that, that's different because that's a household. No, that, that's silly. If Why doesn't the government simply absorb everybody's debt every 10 years? And it's a serious question. Why doesn't the government simply absorb everybody's debt every 10 years? Every 10 years, we'll take all your debt. How much debt do you have? Hit the credit cards, all the stuff. Will America, the U.S. government will pay it. It's all dollars, right? I Everything I owe is in dollars. So let the government pay off all our personal debt and we all get to reboot every 10 years. That's awesome. I love that. If she's right, why not do that? Why not just pay off everybody's personal debt every 10 years and boom, we're done. Government takes it. It's the payments in dollars. U.S. never runs out of dollars. Pay the dollars. What could go wrong? Yeah, a whole lot could go wrong. A whole lot. But why does anyone go bankrupt if this is true? Absorb the debt. Done deal. Yes. Ryan's point. Why a war on poverty? UBI tomorrow. Everybody gets, I don't know, 40 grand a year. Why not? 
there's no there's no limit. Everyone gets 40 grand a year. UBI, you want to work, work. You don't want to work, don't work. And the advantage is she talks about, you know, only issue is unemployment. Well, if if where you live, 40 grand's enough for you to survive and you're happy with that, you're not unemployed because you don't want to work. Unemployment only matters if you don't want to work, if you don't want a job. Well, if wherever you live, 40 grand's fine, you don't got to work, no unemployment there, right? And, or you can just work part-time if you need to make some extra money. You work in a larger city where you need more cash than that. You work a, a part-time job or you work a, you know, 20, 40 grand thousand out of your job. Life is good. You know what? Who 40 for jumps. Do 80. Do 80,000 a year. Most, uh, most Americans won't want to work. You give every American 80 grand a year. Most Americans aren't going to work. Some will, but most aren't. They're, they're going to watch Netflix, play video games. It's fine. No unemployment. Unemployment zero. Everybody wins. Look at this. I am the stat master. I should be an economist. I, I've missed my calling, Ryan. I should have been an economist. That's what it is. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, Mike says, New York spends 55K per nonviolent offender, but only 28K on K-12 students. Yeah. You know what, Mike? What we should do is double that, but just get it from the gov federal government because money doesn't matter, I guess. Um, David says, what I uh, what I under is more money printed, hence too much supply. I mean, things will go up. Um, I think so. All I think you mean that if, if it's more printed, the dollar value goes down. So the pricing goes up. Yes, I think that's true. And that's inflation. That's that other inflation she said. What she said was the good inflation. Yeah, I'm, I don't like any of the inflations. None of this. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going I'm to pass on that one. Yes. Nixon killed a dollar when he said gold couldn't be physically collected. Yeah, and I think, yes. And that's what I meant. That's when the biggest inflation came, was in the 70s. Sam says, what MMT gets wrong is that sometimes businesses slash save slash reinvest and can create long-term growth. That's true. If we tax $90 to, to get $100 today, we may miss out on making more in, in the market. Unemployment is temporary. Often true. Sometimes, though, now, in today's world, sometimes, Sam, unemployment becomes permanent. It does sometimes in today's world. But I see your point, though. It does sometimes. So Matt's like, this is like a bizarro economics lesson. Yes, absolutely. All right. So um, David says the U.S. is still drunk from the WW2 party. It's an opinion. I think you're right. We 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 are there. Yes, we are exactly there. 100%. Yes. Uh, Mike says what Dr. Keaton is saying is the U.S. can do for itself what, what it did for the EU, South Korea, and Japan. U.S. rebuilt these countries with our tax dollars without worrying about inflation using MMT. Yes, I, I get what she's saying here, but th there's a difference though, right? When we threw all that money into those countries, they bought it back from us basically, right? Because um, we were the monopoly. We were building everything. So we were able to keep growing. Being a monopoly is a good deal. When you're a monopoly, you can spend a lot of money if you want to, up to you, right? Um, Amazon has a $10 billion a year marketing budget. Yes, $10 billion per year is just their marketing budget. So when you're a monopoly, you can do what you want. And I see what she's saying with it, but the debt comes due eventually. And I think we see it too, right? We're struggling now and we struggled in the seventies. I think the debt did come true is what I'm saying. That is my issue about this. That at, at one point, people don't want your Nike shoes or don't value them or the bills don't come in Nike shoes anymore. What happens when the bills don't come in dollars anymore? right? Then what? That That's a bigger issue. So David says, no, Larry, you're not missing anything, pal. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. Um, Robert says, MMT is just a new trendy term to dress up the classic corrupt centralized banking. You know what? I hate that, but I think you may be right. Often when you guys say things, I don't like what you say, but it doesn't mean you're wrong. It means just, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah. All right, let me grab, uh, this is a, this is an interview with a different gentleman. He is someone who wrote the actual book called Modern Monetary Theory. He wrote the actual book on it, and he's going to talk about what he says about it and how he says it. And it's similar to her, but I just want to make sure we had more than one person talking about this. So we weren't just thinking that only one person, you know, only one person's uh, view was critical. This is, this is also from last year in Bloomberg. So um, just before we get started, some housekeeping. There's a question window. On oh, hold on, sorry. Imposes tax liabilities or... Okay, hold on. I'm sorry about that. Like I, got, I went a little too far. What is all about. What's MTL all about? Well, first, let me say that 
What we argue is that a sovereign government that issues its own currency is actually nothing like a household or a firm. Nothing like a household. We hear this analogy all the time. If a government issues its own currency mm -hmm. um, and uh, imposes tax liabilities or other kinds of liabilities in that currency. So what it's saying is if a government creates a currency and then creates tax liabilities or billing in that currency. And uh, spends only in its own currency and mm -hmm. issues debt only in its own currency. There we go. Then it basically can never run out of money. Never runs out of money. The, the basic of the argument. Now, again, this is basically the same thing she said. Two different people, both wrote books on that, and they didn't say might not, maybe not, there's a certain amount. They both use superlatives. Never run out of money. Not a concern. Always pay their bills. Never go bankrupt. So what, is it, what do you mean by never run out of its own money? Spell See, this guy's like, what did you just say? What did you just say? Yeah. That a little bit. It's always able to make all payments as they come due. So any payment that it has promised to make, whether it's your Social Security retirement pay, yep. or it is interest payments on government debt denominated in its own currency, it can always make those payments. Always. Every time. I don't know why we aren't getting 80 grand a, a year, Frick, a month. I, what, I, I almost said 80 grand a month. Yeah, 80 grand a month. I, sh let's all get it. I want, I, I want that Lambo too, man. Let's do it, 80 grand a month. By doing what? <laughs> well, the way it used to work is that the government actually would print up the currency mm -hmm. yeah. or stamp the coins and make yep. the payments. Mm -hmm. Today, it's all handled electronically um, and electronically meaning we don't even bother printing the money anymore we don't even bother stamping the coin anymore so there isn't even there isn't even the paper and ink resources or the coin or metal resources required it's you run a program and go how much do we need how many trillions hold on enter okay you just got a trillion oh we need two more trillion hold on enter twice done now we have three trillion well done next that's how it's made now so I don't know if we want to get into nitty gritty details, but the way that uh, the U.S. Treasury spends is by uh, having the Fed mm -hmm, credit the, Fed. the reserves of a bank. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the Fed just credits the reserve of a bank. Where's that money come from? Where's that money come This should not be called modern monetary theory MMA. It should be called magic money theory. That would be better because literally you make money just abracadabra cash. I want that power. And that bank credits the deposit of the recipient of the government spending. That's how all government spending there uh, we go. occurs today. So the one question uh, that everybody asks about MMT is, well, yep. does that mean there's no limit at all to how much the government can spend? What's the answer? Then there's no limit at all? What's the answer to that one? Come on, smart guy. Answer to that one. <laughs> Well, the limit would be the resources available for the government to hire or purchase. Th that, what limit is that? That he said nothing. The government, you know, to hire or purchase. What limit is that? The government can decide I'll hire 330 million Americans tomorrow. Easy, could do it. What are you gonna do? They're gonna guard the streets. We'll give them yellow jackets and they'll just guard the streets. Done. That's it. There's no, you know, there's no resource limitation. And how is that limited? Thank you. It's not. Well, we we do have, um, you know, a limited number. It's a very large number, a limited number of workers available. Literally, we have a limited number of workers available. So it's limited because, I mean, there's only 7 billion people. I mean, we can't hire more than that. I mean, you've got to start going to aliens now at that point. So, you know. It is limited. It's just huge. That's yeah, called a limited uh, number of natural resources that could be put to use uh, to pursue the public purpose. Um, so it, no, there the, isn't. You mean the yellow vest can't run out of finance, right? But the United States could run out of uh, uh, people resources that are available. And how will
he didn't answer that question at all. You know, you know, just we could run out of stuff, I think, kind of. We know when we're hitting up against that limit. How do we know that limit? Well, we will start to get inflation. Okay. Inflation. Sure there is an inflation barrier, and we need to worry about that. Okay. Aren't we already in inflation? Didn't we just talk about this? Bread used to cost 10 cents. Now it costs three bucks. Isn't that inflation? You used to be able to survive on $3,000 a year. Now it costs you $30,000 a year to have the same lifestyle. Does And you still can't buy as much bread? Didn't we just cover that? It, oh, this is the good versus the bad inflation. I think they're all bad. I think inflation is one of the things people often are concerned about when they yeah. read about MMT. We often hear about, well, the Weimar Republic is, is one people ask, or Venezuela, yep. which is a more recent example. So I don't know if you want to just take a couple of minutes to help us uh, out. Explain how these are different kinds of. Yeah. Why is it not when Venezuela? We say that the government can't run out of money. We're not saying the government should spend without limits. The government. Should... Okay, now let, why does how does that make any sense? This is the thing. It's the same thing the other um, ex expert said, right? No, no, no. There's limits. Okay, but you never run out of money. Correct. So what's the re limit? Well, you know, number of people. So I can spend forever. You can. So should you? No. Why shouldn't I? Well, because it, what are you saying? Either I can give everybody 80 grand a year or I can't, right? Isn't that, am I missing something here? Should be constrained by a budget. A bu should be constrained by a budget. Why? Why? Because budgets look nice and have cool books. They do. And they have binders, which look very awesome. That's true. And they can have funny, you know, uh, covers that have like eagles on it and such. Yes, all true. But that's, is that the reason? Why? Why have a budget? A bill comes due. Pay it. I'm going to buy another aircraft carrier. Okay, it's in dollars. Yeah, buy it. So Congress uh, puts together a budget. The president signs it. That I know how that works. How much? the treasury is allowed to spend for the year so the president tells us how much so what if the president decides you know what a basquillion dollars president decides that is that okay i that would be a budget what are you gonna buy what are you gonna buy stuff okay budget done we're good and this is a good thing when we uh, why the budget we need to consider <clears throat> resource availability how close are we to full employment uh, once we start, why does this full employment thing even matter when it comes to our, to our budget? And this is a serious issue. They act like the United States is a, an individual, you know, it's, it's all encompassed by itself. Money only comes to Americans in dollars. This is an international situation here. People get money in all types from all types of people from all over the world. If the United States is in its, it's insular and that's it. And you only get money from America in America by Americans and that's it. Eh, maybe this makes sense. But it's not that way. There's people from other countries who are getting money to us and we're giving money to and back and forth. Some of that money is still in dollars. Some of it's in other things like euro and whatever the case may be. This doesn't make any sense. Getting close to full employment. Uh, we don't want to increase government spending unless you know there's a very good reason to move resources out of the private use and into the government use. So who decides this reason and, and why does this even matter? If you want people to be at full employment, I know how to do that really easily. I got the answer for this, my friend. I got the answer. Larry Sharp is here to help you give everybody a hundred grand a year, full employment, guaranteed, full employment. Everybody gets a hundred thousand dollars a year. Anybody who wants a job will have a job. Most people won't want a job, but anybody who wants one, gonna have one, no doubt, full employment. And you, and you know what? With 100 grand a year, everybody, psh, who needs public assistance? Don't need that. Everybody gets 100 grand a year, full employment. Because most who won't want a job, you'll have full employment like that. Problem solved. I'm here for you. Should Such have been an economist. World war. During a world war, that is what we do. Right. Hey, we haven't had a world war in 70 years, and we're not going to have one again. That's not how things work anymore. We're not trying to capture territory. What is this, Napoleonic times? Stop. We're worried about intellectual property, cyber war, um, a little bit of oil and gas here or there. But most of that we buy or intimidate through cyber war anyway. This is, you know, when the when the world war comes around, because those happen every never. Oh, 
impose taxes. We will have a. Okay, why impose taxes? This makes no sense. Why would you impose that if you got a world war and you got to buy aircraft carriers again or battleships or the next world war he sees, whatever this world war is, just make sure that they people who, who, who you know, build the battleship take dollars. Who cares? We need 25 battleships. Fine. It's dollars, right? Write a check. 26. Here's another million. It's for you. Take that dip. What do you care? This makes no sense. About that tax. Uh bond saving uh campaign why periodic saving uh we will use rationing if necessary why what are you talking about why would we have we haven't needed rationing during vietnam during korea during uh the gulf wars why would we use rationing what are you talking about this is you've just made this up this guy is living in a fantasy world we will use wage and price controls if necessary. Because wage and price controls will never go wrong. So is why our healthcare system is, is trashed right now. Why would you do it? This is my point, right? If he's telling us that we don't run out of money, we can pay any bill. That's what he's saying. I don't believe that, but that's what he's saying. Why would you require price controls? The price doesn't matter. It's in dollars, right? How much for that piece of bread? 400 bucks. Fine. I'll take two. Who cares? One for my friend. It doesn't really matter. ...in a war in order to move more resources to the government sector without causing inflation. If we don't do those things and the government keeps ramping up its spending, we will get inflation. Right. I, I, and, and she goes, right. She has no idea what he just said. She's like, right. Yeah, like you knew that. You don't know. The, the funny thing is these people speak with such authority that everyone's afraid to ask him a real question. Because they're like, you're just so smart. No, you're full of crap. You are utterly full of crap. There's, there's no way this works. There's no way this works. And she's like, right. Oh, yeah. Like, I knew that. But you didn't. Stop. And this guy's scared to ask the question because they're afraid someone's going to yell at him. Does yeah, MMT have anything to say about where we are today? And how close is, say, the United States to that point where it can't spend anymore? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Where's pretty that clear that uh, we still have slack in the economy we have sufficient slack. slack to increase government spending and uh you know what people aren't getting and let me be clear on something larry how in the world can we keep going with so much debt here's the answer just so you're clear this is from a business this is from a business side and you'll probably get this I, some of you who are busy will get it right away and i'll use a business because it'll be easier to understand and then i'll go to uh, a country if i'm i'm, I'm a business the short way, right? And we have debt and we have $10,000 worth of debt. So we have in debt. Okay. To, to, to service that debt, and it's called service that debt, to make sure that I don't go in arrears, I have to pay a hundred bucks a month. That's what I got to pay, a hundred bucks a month. Can I survive and, and work in my business and pay a hundred bucks a month to service my $10,000 debt? In this, in this idea, I can, good. So now someone says, Larry, you gotta take on more debt. Why? You need more stuff. All right, fine, I don't know if I can afford it. You can, why? Because what you're gonna do is we're gonna put the loan all together in a $20,000 loan, and we're gonna lower, we're gonna cut your interest rate in half. Ooh, cut my interest rate in half? Yeah, so now you have $20,000 in debt, but it still only costs you $100 every month to service it. So I can take on more debt. Because the servicing is exactly the same. It's a hundred bucks a month. So if I keep lowering my interest rate, I can keep getting bigger debt because servicing the debt is still cheap. Now, what if I start growing a bit? I'm making some more money. Well, now I could actually do 200 bucks a month versus a hundred bucks a month to service that debt. If my interest rates go even lower, now I go from 20,000 to 50,000 in debt and I'm only paying 200 bucks a month to service it. I'm good. I can now hold $50,000 in debt, only paying 200. Well, I get a little bit better. So now I can do 250. We throw another 20,000 on. So I got $70,000 in debt, but I'm only paying 250 bucks a month. Big difference. When you lower the interest rate, you can service more debt. It's not magic. It's we keep lowering the interest rate. It's below one now. So it's very easy to service the debt relatively. Once you can't service the debt, you have a problem. What happens now when my full budget of my sharp way is 
is only a thousand bucks a month. And now to service my debt's not hundred bucks. Now servicing my debt's 900 bucks a month. Well, I only got a hundred bucks for my, for my business. I can't function. Now I'm in trouble. That's what winds up happening with a nation. Eventually they can't service their debt. That's the problem. At one point you can't service that debt. What used to happen in the old days, what they would do is they would simply arrest the merchant, call him a criminal, arrest them, and then get rid of the debt or take the merchant's uh, uh, um, um, assets and service the debt with that. So it, that's what they would do in the old days. <clears throat> now I guess just default. But anyway, yes, that's the problem we're not talking about here. Now, even uh, the chairman of the Fed admitted that recently in questioning. The, the old thinking was that you couldn't get the unemployment rate below about 6%, uh, the official measure of the mm -hmm. unemployment rate, right. without sparking inflation. But we've seen year after year, we've lowered the unemployment rate mm -hmm. uh, below 4%, and we still don't have any inflation pressure that's visible, which tells me- How can they say there's no inflation pressure that's visible? The American buying power, spending power has gone down and down and down. Real wages have not increased in decades. I don't understand. This is, well, we don't have inflation. Why? Because the number isn't high. But if I can't get the same amount of bread that I could get 10 years ago, there's inflation. Hey, there's still a lot of slack. Now, I think the official uh, unemployment measure uh, leaves out many people who don't have jobs and want to work or who are part-time employed. Yep, also true. Full-time jobs. So uh, just I make jobs. That, that number is misleading. The we ha have looked into this and oh, tell me what happened. Like there are between 12 and 15 million people probably who mm -hmm. would take a full time job uh, if it were available. And so the way we make that available is what government spending. Yeah, I bet that's how you want to do it, because that's your answer for everything, basically. That would equate to what kind of an official unemployment rate? That's hard. Again, because the official unemployment rate excludes uh, most people. From, it it yeah. excludes. Uh, yeah, this this part is yeah. About two thirds of the the people that I'm. I don't know how these things are even related. Job. Um, I think that you know, if a job were available, then uh, we will. If a job were available, how about entrepreneurship? Is that even part of this deal? That's not even in his world. He still thinks we're living in World War II where there's like four big companies or that kind of thing, right? Is that what he thinks? Get down to what's called frictional uh, unemployment, people between jobs, people who just graduate from college. Right. I think it'll be in the 1% or 2% range. We talked about people's misconceptions about mm -hmm. what countries, you know, um, Listen to this. MMT. I mean, are there any countries today that sort of practice anything close? Sure. <laughs> okay. All the major countries in the world that will immediately come to people's minds already operate MMT. We already, already do. do. They have sovereign currencies. Right. Okay. <clears throat> they issue their own currency. They impose taxes in their own currency. Yep. They collect their own currency. And Look at taxes, that. And they issue bonds in their own currency. Therefore. All of those are MMT countries. The United States, Britain, China, Japan. Mm -hmm. These are all MMT countries. But the EU, um, all of the European nations that there we go. joined the euro were all MMT countries before they joined the euro. And right. then they adopted essentially a foreign currency. Um, but that's so, MM MMT uh, also. People think that we're, we're. So if the EU can just decide to we're going to all get together and make the euro and we're going to MMT that because we, you know, make the money and build the money and whatever. Why don't we just create a global currency? Let's just create a global currency. One global currency, we'll call it the Worldo, the Worldo global currency, and everyone gets, I don't know, 100,000 Worldos every year, and we don't have to pay it back. Poverty solved. Poverty solved. Look at that. Poverty solved. We'll make the Worldo. And everyone gets, every human being gets $100,000 a year. Well, not, maybe not kids. Maybe kids get like 1000 or something, right, to play around. But all adults get 100000 each, world owes. And then poverty solved. This MMT is freaking magic. I'm going to call it the magical money theory. We'll just we'll just give everybody 100000 world owes, and we're good, right? Problem solved? Am I right? Do you guys hear what, what he's saying? I, I'm not the only one who thinks this. I, I can't be. I, I can't be the only one. Who, who, who's thinking that? So, 
Yeah. Anyway, let me keep going here. Uh, David says, we don't have an inflation problem. Why are people staying at home at a later age and having to have roommates? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Experts, thank you for that. Yes. Sam says, and the more people make, the more they are taxed. So inflation hits consumers with increased cost of goods and decreased relative salary and purchasing power. That's my point. Thank you, Sam. Yes, absolutely. Yes, 100%. Realistically, though, will the dollar eventually collapse? Of course it will eventually. All currencies, all fiat currencies collapse. I don't think there's one that's ever not collapsed. I mean, all of them collapse eventually over time. They just, they go away, they collapse something. And when it collapses, I think the Americans will do what I said. They'll literally go, oh, the dollar collapsed. Um, No, the 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 dollar is now worth this. And it is. And you'll, you'll agree to it or we'll bomb you or we'll embargo you. Um, or will not protect you with our nuclear uh, umbrella anymore. So you'll just accept it as true. Done. And we'll, there'll be some 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 worries, but then eventually it'll just happen. We'll just reboot it because we can. That's what I think will happen. Yes. Gene says, Larry, it, that was difficult to watch. He seems to not have an idea of what reality is. They don't. Yes. Uh, I agree with you. Yes. I, I think you're absolutely right. Yes. So um, Bitcoin will eat the U.S. dollar if printing continues. I don't know if it'll be Bitcoin, Drew. I think it'll be it'll be a cryptocurrency. I'm not sure that Bitcoin, and I mean this only because of culture, right? Culturally, do too many people still think that it is an investment and not money? And I don't know the answer to that. But my gut tells me it might not be Bitcoin. It might be some other form of cryptocurrency. Because we, as Americans, might still keep thinking, no, Bitcoin is not for spending. It's for investing. That's my other concern. So, yeah. So, um, the government absorbs political debt every eight years. Yes. Correct. Yes. Absolutely. So, um, Nike shoes versus Crocs, the new Cold War. I love that. Yes. I love that that, that concept. Absolutely. 100%. So, um, guys. Uh, someone just brought this up. Thank you so much. When you have a moment, please like, comment, share. As always, if you like what I'm doing, if this makes sense, if you're enjoying it, let people know. Like, comment, and share. If you've got some cash, maybe you need to get some worldos and send them my way. Patreon.com slash Sharpway. Look, if it's, it's dollars, so it doesn't mean anything. Just send me tons of dollars. So like $100,000. It's fine. It's just dollars. You know, magical money theory. I'll ask them to send me $100,000. But if you got some cash, send me some cash. It'd be great. I would appreciate it. And if not, no worries. You can still help me out by taking the police accountability survey. Click that link right there. Head on over there. Take that survey. Finish it and share it. Makes my sponsors happy. Theadvocates.org. They love it. So please do that to make everybody happy. And of course, like, comment, and share. So yes, let me go do do, uh, do go some more. Uh, Gary says, too far gone. Just accelerate the end over the cliff. It's funny you say that, Gary. I am finding more and more people who go by, who self-identify as collapsitarians, which means they're like, forget it. It's over. Just let this collapse. Let the dollar collapse. It'll collapse so we can rebuild this damn thing. So I get where you're going with that. My worry is when we do that, it's just so much disruption, right? There's so much disruption, and I'm really hoping that we don't have to go through that. So. He says, the choices get real clear real fast. There is no will in Congress to change. Correct. If you think this country can be saved, one of the following is the only choice. One, raise taxes and cut hard and deep. Two, default. Google Argentina. Print money. See Venezuela, Greece, Italy. Choose one. Yeah. And you're right. I don't like any of those. I hate when you guys are right. I hate when you guys are right. Yes. Friedman is rolling over in his grave. I know. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Many people are just like, what? What it says, called the pyramid scheme. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. This is, this is, this is a legalized pyramid scheme. Yes. That's how it works. 100%. David says, how many wheelbarrows of cash that loaf of bread? That's coming, isn't it? That's coming. Absolutely. That's coming. They'll be like, well, that's not this type of inflation. That's the other type of inflation. Okay. Steve says, MMT is sleight of hand trickery intended to gaslight the population to accepting a system that slides directly into socialism. Yeah, I, I can see that, Steve. I can. I can definitely see that. 
It's a vicious strategy that will only benefit the elite. The consequences will not be unintended. This is intentional. Make no mistake. If it's that intentional, why isn't it more popular? Are, are, are they failing that much? I mean, generally speaking, if the elites want something to be popular, they can knock it out pretty fast. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Ryan says, true, Larry, every fiat currency has eventually collapsed. They all do. It's how it works. Yes, they all do. Yep. So the elastic draft says, I agree with much of the descriptive side of MMT based on the non-charlistic and credit theories of money, but prescriptive side is awful. All about their Keynesian obsession with full employment. You know, thank you for that. You brought up a very valid point. They, when they use MMT to explain how the money system and economy works, they're actually correct. So you're right. That's that's true. When you just just when you're just describing how it works, that is accurate. But then they go, and because of that, that's the problem. The the and because of that is the problem, right? And because of that, spend, spend, spend until there's full employment. You're right. I'm glad you brought that nuance up. There is there is a nuance, and you're correct on that. The actual description of how the the money side works is accurate. That's true. It's the answer they come from that that is way off. So Missy says, economics is admittedly my weakest area. I'm trying to learn as much as I can, but mathematics was never my strong point. I think many people are the same. Yes, it's hard for people to go through this sometimes. It really is, right? It, it is difficult to get through all of that. It definitely is. So um, the latest is now Janet Yellen wants to have a worldwide G20 tax. Oh, is that right? Why? Let's just adopt a G20 currency, spend, 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 right? That's all we do. Th that's the goal. Just create an, a currency that everyone has to do what they want in and problem solved. Yes, absolutely. So Ryan says, when the next world war happens, Larry, MMT and the world economy will be the reason. Yeah. Yeah. That That's, you know, if that is to happen, that'll be it. Yes. Um, Paula says, um, proponents of MMT do not understand scarcity. Yes. She also says she's at Kroger's. She needs some of that MMT money. So if you guys are near Kroger's and Paula's around, go there and hook her up with some of that MMT money. Just whatever it is. If it's dollars, it's fine. You getting some bread? Yeah, get like five. It's fine. Yeah. Mike V says, according to Jerome Powell, head of the Federal Reserve, he said last month, we are not seeing inflation at this point. Look, I, I hope that we're not having big inflation, Mike. And by the way, I hope this was what you wanted. I know you, you asked about it yesterday. I hope it's a it, it's good. But can we not have big inflation in any given month? Yeah, 100%. But is inflation obviously happening over time? I think it's obvious. And I think it's slow. For example, she talked about the idea of, you know, a spike in oil prices or a spike in, you know, housing or something. That eventually affects other things too. I think inflation keeps happening. It, it kind of has to. But can we miss it for a month or so? Yeah, of course we can. Doesn't doesn't have to mean that it's every single month. So Rich says this doesn't seem ethical. The money such resources have to come from somewhere. Hint, we're selecting them from our trade partners. Mm, okay. People don't understand that inflation is used as class warfare. Oh my God, Rich, thank you so much for saying that. Yes, it is. Because for those of you who don't get it, he mentioned how we make money. We just credit a bank. Well, who has access to the bank money first? The bankers. So the bankers get the dollars at the highest value. By the time the dollars get into the market and begin inflation, it gets down to people like the elderly who are getting Social Security, people who are uh, on a public assistance, that's when a dollar has the least value. Absolutely true. Yes, 100%. So... I'm um, going grab a couple more of these if I can. I appreciate all the comments, guys. I, I really do. So Kyle says, I know that the Fed has the power to make markets rise and stay up as long as it buys, but, how, but I don't know if it can buy forever. Yes. And, you know, one of the issues that we find in places like Japan, and we've just started this, it's a Japanese central bank, and culturally they're okay with this, right? And so they do it. The Japanese central bank gets involved directly in 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 businesses buying them up directly we didn't do that until recently that was not a thing the fed did 
The Fed didn't like literally buy Amazon stock or something like that. That's not what it did. Now it does in America. But you go years back, we never did that. The Japanese, they're, they're totally fine with it. They're, their bank's been buying stuff like that for decades. They're totally fine with it. We haven't been. Now we've moved to the point where even we're doing that now. We're actually having our Fed walk in and buy up stuff like that. It is crazy that, that we're actually doing that. So, guys, I'm going to have to run. I appreciate all the time you guys have given me. I have to get ready so I can actually head over to the New York City um, LP convention this evening. I will be there. Um, uh, it is my city. I got to be good. So I'm going to go show up. Always please like, comment, share. Support to the best of your ability. And, of course, we take the police accountability survey um, for my sponsors, theadvocates.org to make sure that everybody's happy. We keep doing this if you like what we're doing. Sorry for the early show. I know usually it's seven, but I will be out as I mentioned. So we did it at five. Tomorrow, I have a cool reaction video. And then later on this week, another cool guest. I will see you all very soon.